0: I'm Black here. I'm the co-creator of The Grey Rooms. Before we launch our second preview story, I wanted to take time out to thank our patrons. I've really been blown away by your support, and Jason and I both cannot thank you enough. For me, I've watched these words on a page transform into something even bigger, and we couldn't have done it without your help. They have become, exactly as Jason said in the last episode, five-star audio fiction horror. If you're thinking about subscribing to our Patreon, know that you'll receive neat rewards and incentives like early releases of our episodes, extra bonus episodes for some of the tiers, merch, and much more. This podcast is new to us, and your help, although not necessary, is greatly appreciated. This preview episode and season opener are sponsored by Courageous Kathleen Clyde, Superior Sergio Sosito, Jumpin' Justin Thulu, Magnificent Mary Wynn, Judge John Murphy, Starlet Charlotte Norpe, Victorious Victoria Wan, Deadly Sirenicide, Benevolent Brooks Bigley, Author Unknown Arthur Unk. Thank you so much for your support. Our goal has always been to show our appreciation by scaring your pants off. Now, let's get on with the show.
1: You've come back. (laughs) Good. There is something... I would like to show you. (laughs) Oh, oh God. Oh, God, no. No, 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 I, I won't do it again. I won't. Oh, God, please. Please, no! But first... I have some unfinished business. (laughs) Stop screaming. I barely started, and you're blubbering like a little girl. I know you all are listening, so I want you to understand that I support girly people. They all die just as well as everyone else. I shall take a peek into one of the doors. (laughs) No? It's always fun to see the sorts of terrible things happening to others. (laughs) Yes, yes, that sounds good. Just please, please stop hurting me. Oh, shut up, you. (laughs) I was talking to them. <laughs> Useless. One day it might be you being tortured on the rack. How does that make you feel? Would you rather test your chances? through one of my doors. (laughs) Behold. Room 1125. We call it... I didn't have arachnophobia. Exactly. (laughs) But we have a feeling. You will.
2: You are looking at the Australian funnel web spider. The Sydney funnel-web, to be exact. It is considered to be one of the deadliest spiders in the world, having the venom to kill a human in 15 minutes. These particular spiders can grow anywhere from 1 to 5 centimetres. Their chitinous cheliceral fangs are powerful enough to pierce a fingernail. What happens to their victim? The venom can cause severe effects to the nervous system. This causes constant firing of the nerves, resulting in a variety of symptoms including, but not limited to, rapid heart rate, rising blood pressure, difficulty breathing and numbness around the mouth. If allowed to escalate, systems such as nausea, muscle spasms, pulmonary edema, metabolic acidosis and unconsciousness may occur. Do not be alarmed, however, as you view these fascinating arachnids. They are quite secure. These members of the Myglamore family are found in eastern Australia, particularly, as you might have guessed, the city of Sydney. One might ask the question as to how these spiders, whose prey are not humans, might have developed such a potent venom. The answer, scientists guess, is an evolutionary accident. The Sydney Funnel Web Spider, nature's deadly accident or naturally selected enemy of humankind.
3: One of the spiders got out of an exhibit this afternoon, my boss said, as soon as I walked in the side door of the loading bay. The hand that had been automatically reaching for the time clock stopped moving, and my mouth fell open. She grinned at my response. <sighs> it's nothing to worry about. The Scientists are looking for it. They're confident they'll find it by morning. A spider as big as the Australian funnel-web spider can't just disappear. Without waiting for a reply, she breezed by and was out the door. The slam reverberating across the loading bay door and through my hungover skull. It was bad enough I had been called in on my day off, something I hadn't had in quite a while due to -to back-to-back events, including exotic arachnids, which was scheduled to open tomorrow. Now I had to worry about a giant spider hiding somewhere in the arena and a bunch of people running about looking for it. What was an Australian funnel-web spider anyway? I pulled out my battered phone to Google it. Ooh! As soon as I saw the first photo of a black creature, about half as big as a tarantula, <sighs> but with a huge bulbous back end and a front that gleamed like armor, I switched off the screen. The need to vomit was nearly as strong as this morning when my still drunk mind had been woken by my boss's text. I was quick to grab my stuff and get to work. The sooner I started, the sooner I could leave. And hopefully before coming across any abnormally sized arachnids, Being a custodian was mind-numbing work that everyone should do once in their lives, if only to learn not to be a fucking slob. At 34 years old, it wasn't what I pictured for my career when I was a kid, but it paid the bills, mostly. Entering the main office suite with my card of supplies, I set to work dusting every picture frame, computer monitor, and bookcase. Wiping off desktops and communal countertops was next. Then I made the glass in the doors and along the outside window spotless again. A quick walkthrough to empty trash cans and all that was left was vacuuming. I checked my watch before turning on the vacuum. If I was quick, I could catch the light showing of the new Avengers movie. The first five offices went fine. By the sixth, the red light indicating a clog had turned on. Grumbling and cursing all the way, I pulled the vacuum over to a chair and sat to diagnose the problem. With these older models, typically a paper clip caught in the hose and held more and more debris until nothing could pass through. The unwound metal coat hanger we kept on the custodial cart would clear the clog with a few swipes from the hook on one end. When I pulled the hose from the vacuum, dirt and tiny pebbles fell free. Keeping the hose pointed away from me, I inserted the hook until I felt resistance. I wriggled it around a few times before pulling it out. Some sort of sticky white residue clung to the hook. Wisps floating lazily as air from the vents took hold. That was weird. Usually dirt, dust bunnies, and other debris came out. Not whatever this white stuff was. The hook slid into the hose as easily as before. I wriggled it around some more and quickly yanked the tool out when I felt something give way. A big clump of the white stuff clung to it. Black specks tumbled after. It seemed I had the clog this time. My hand froze as I went to insert the hook again. The pebbles were moving. Tiny bodies rushing in every direction on the carpet. The hanger fell from my limp grasp. I jumped to my feet as more tiny bodies poured from the hose. Hundreds upon hundreds. They must have filled the entire bag. I ran for the office door, a scream trapped behind my clenched teeth. The door was already open and all I had to do was run out. I didn't have arachnophobia exactly, but this many spiders were too much for me. Something, a sound of some sort, stopped me as my left foot crossed the threshold. My eyes bulged at the sight that waited when I turned back. long, black legs scattered at the edge of the vacuum hose. A hard, shiny body extracted itself from the confines. With a bulbous back end as thick as my big toe, it was, without a doubt, the biggest spider I had ever seen. (sighs) And I had thought the hobo I had seen sitting on my bedroom wall this morning had been big. The thing shook itself as if the crawl from the hose had been a huge ordeal. The scream I had been holding released in a long string of cuss words. I bolted from the room as the obscenely large spider ran at me. I had forgotten about the babies when the giant had pulled free. The hallway was a writhing sea of bodies that crunched as I ran. Maybe it was all in my head, but I could have sworn I heard howls of fury from the direction of the office I had fled. The worst possible thing that could happen did. And just before I reached the door to freedom, I had dropped a cleaning rag. It was covered in black bodies, so I didn't see it until my shoe caught. I almost regained my balance, even stumbled a few times. But it felt like one of those slow motion movie scenes in a comedy when a clumsy person has a spectacular fall. Except there was nothing spectacular about my fall and it gave the spiders all the advantage they needed. The babies were on me in seconds. My throat burned from the screaming that hadn't stopped since it had started. Tiny bodies surged into my mouth, gagging and choking me as they slipped down inside, blinding pain such as I hadn't felt since falling out of a tree and breaking my arm when I was 14, tore through my calf. The giant had caught up to me. Jeans were no match for fangs as large as its. They tore into fabric and flesh alike with ease. Venom flooded my bloodstream with each new bite. I could feel the toxic substance push its way through my insides. It was fire. Cold, furious fire igniting my body. Before oblivion took me, I remembered seeing the scientists searching the upper levels of the arena. They had cleared the ground floor before I arrived. No one would be close enough to hear my screams or call an ambulance. And my phone lay on top of the custodial cart, where I could just see the pink case peeking over the edge.
0: Wow! what an episode it kind of makes you think of that urban legend involving all the spiders you eat in your sleep just think about that while you close your eyes tonight all warm and snuggled up in your bed this story was one of the winners of the what's behind your door fiction contest that we held from june 1st to august 3rd we received some great stories but this was the one that really gave us the creeps did you enjoy it Feel free to let us know on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Rooms Pod. While you're there, check out and join the Grey Rooms Emotional Support Group. The members there are fans just like you that cling to each other when we scared them half to death. We're also very active on Twitter. Follow us at the Grey Rooms Pod. Enjoy the warden and his antics? He likes to show up now and then and post on our website, thegreatrooms.com. Many people have helped bring life to this episode. Let's bring the spotlight on them. I Didn't Have Arachnophobia Exactly, written by Candace Azalea Green. You can find her author page on facebook.com slash Azalea Green. You can also find her on Amazon.com in the anthology *The Trees Have Eyes*, as well as *Selkuth*, a horror short. The custodial engineer was voiced by Victoria Wan. You can follow her on Twitter at Victoria Wan21. She is also the co-creator and voice actress of the upcoming *Calling Darkness* podcast. You can find more information about it on Twitter at Calling Podcast. The boss of the year was voiced by Sarah Ruth Thomas. You can find her on her Twitter at Sarah with an H, Ruth Voice. The British documentary guy was voiced by Alistair Mackey. You can follow him on Facebook at Facebook.com slash A-L-I-M-A-C-K-V-O. Episode artwork was provided by the talented Jack Wood. You can find him on Twitter at Mediogre Stories. M E D I O G R E Stories. Additional design was created by Cassie Pertit. You can follow her on Facebook at facebook.com cassie.shaver.9. Thank you for listening and also for your support. We shall see you all again on November 30th when we release episode one of our first season, The Great War, written by Brian Black and performed by Graham Rowett and Alistair Mackey.